In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. But if you were a first century resident of the city of Joppa, you would have to answer a question for yourself. And in fact, I'd imagine not coming to an answer to this question would drive you mad. It would make you crazy. And the question is, how did Peter raise Dorcas from the dead? You could answer it many ways, of course, as people do throughout the book of Acts. You might consider Peter to be some kind of magician. That's plausible. Consider that in the previous chapter of the book of Acts, there was a magician also named Simon who amazed the people of Samaria and who was even given the title called Great, called the Power of God. They called this man Simon, the Power of God. Or maybe you might consider Peter to be the incarnation of Zeus or some Greek god, because that's exactly what the residents of the city of Lystra considered Paul and Barnabas to be when they healed people. Or like many in the book of Acts, you might just stubbornly refuse to believe that anything special at all happened to Dorcas and that Peter and his followers are just troublemakers. But the real question for us as we hear the story of Peter and Dorcas is what does St. Luke, what does the author of the book of Acts want us to believe about Peter? How does Peter raise Dorcas from the dead? One way to understand this question is to understand what the book of Acts is about anyway. Because Acts is not just a collection of stories, nor is it written just to be a book of history of the early church, Rather, there's a very basic theme that runs through the stories of Acts and that makes them tell one cohesive story about God. That story is that the church bears the word of God and that the word of God prevails over any and all adversity. By church, of course, I mean not just the building, but I mean all of those who believe in the risen Christ and who are called and enlightened by the Holy Spirit. And so there's a great deal of adversity that works against the word of God in the book of Acts. There are political forces that try to arrest, persecute, and even kill those who follow Christ. We see, however, that whenever the church is persecuted in Acts, it grows. The blood of the martyrs, the blood of those who are killed, becomes the seed that grows the church. We see in the book of Acts that Christ's word even brings new life to Saul one who led the persecution of Christians. We see in the book of Acts and in the New Testament that there are racial and socioeconomic factors that try to work against the word of God. Unclean Gentiles and idol worshipers are welcomed into the kingdom of God. Can they really become believers? How can pagans be welcomed into God's kingdom? And yet the word of God prevails over those barriers. The word of God likewise prevails against magical forces. It prevails against the greed of people like Ananias and Sapphira. It prevails against natural disaster. It prevails against illness and it prevails against death. And that's the true theme of the book of Acts. Against anything in the world, the word of God prevails. And of course, at this point, you'll notice that I have said the word of God several times already. But in this case, I think it might be more helpful when you hear the word of God to think it rather as the word from God, because that's the heart of it. 
God has something specific to say to you. He has something specific to say for the world. He has a word for all of us. That word, of course, is that in Jesus Christ, you are made a new creature. In Jesus Christ, you are moved from being dead to being made alive. In Jesus Christ, you are saved from the bondages of sin, death, and the devil. That's the word from God. Jesus Christ saves you. And this is what prevails in the book of Acts. This is what prevails over all the forces that try to oppose it. The word that says Jesus Christ is Lord and that he is making all things new. The word from God is that light dispels darkness. This word from God became flesh and dwelt among us, and those who are lightened by the Holy Spirit hear this word and they know it. In fact, Acts chapter 6 verse 7 says, The word of God increased and the number of disciples multiplied. By the work of the Holy Spirit, the proclamation of this word from God was multiplying believers. It was making disciples. But this is exactly what the message of Acts is all about. There's nothing that this word from God doesn't touch. It goes out into the world and it brings life and it brings light into so much death and darkness. And so we go back to that original question. By what power did St. Peter raise Dorcas from the dead? We read in the story that Peter clears everyone out of the room where Dorcas's body was. He knelt down, he prayed, and only after prayer does he turn to the body and say, get up. And how is she raised from the dead then? What is Acts, what does St. Luke want us to get from this story? She's raised because the word of God raises her. The very word that says, let there be in Genesis 1, is the same word that says, get up, here in Acts 9. Right, and so Peter doesn't have power in himself. Rather, we are to understand that Peter is a witness in the name of Jesus Christ. And it's this word from God that holds the true power. It's the word from God that holds the power to bring life from death. And that's the true message of Acts chapter 9. The word of God is living and powerful. The word of God is not just something to be explained or interpreted. It's not just something to be read. It's not just something we talk about and discuss. No, we have the word from God to proclaim. It's the proclamation of this word, the preaching of it, the sharing of it, that is powerful in this world. Sometimes the story of Dorcas is preached in such a way that Dorcas is just simply an example, right? Dorcas committed her life to doing good deeds for the widows in her community. We need to follow her example. That's all true and that's all good, but that's not the power of this story. It's not why Luke includes it in the book of Acts. Instead, we should see a connection. The word that took root in the heart of Dorcas, the word that made her a disciple, the word that made her love her neighbors to make an impact in this world, is the same word that brings her to life from death. Because the word of God is active. And so for many here this morning, this is a truth to grapple with. Because many of us, 
get in the routine of only seeing church and seeing our faith in the most superficial and routine ways. We see, for example, that church is a place to do nice things for others. It's the place where, like Dorcas, we can sow, we can make things, we can do good works for our neighbors. And that's all good. And that's our calling. But unless we see that the word of God through the work of the Holy Spirit is truly active, truly changing lives, truly prevailing in this world, then we miss the point. Yes, because the word of God is powerful. The word from God, which is nothing less than the proclamation of the risen Christ himself, is alive. And this living word is prevailing in the world against all odds, against all enemies. We as Lutherans are fond of the phrase, the word of God endures forever. It's a reminder that death is not more powerful than this world. Sin is not more powerful than this word. The devil is not more powerful. Nothing is more powerful than the word of God. Near the end of his life, Martin Luther was reflecting on the course of the Reformation, and he wrote about himself, What is Luther? The teaching is not mine, nor was I crucified for anyone. How did I, a poor stinking bag of maggots that I am, come to the point where the people call the children of God by my name? I simply taught and preached and wrote God's word. Otherwise, I did nothing. And while I slept or drank Wittenberg beer with my friends, the word so greatly weakened the papacy that no prince or emperor ever inflicted such losses upon it. I did nothing. The word did everything. And the thing of it is, the same word, the same word that grew the church in the book of Acts, the same word that brought Dorcas to life in Joppa, the same word that grew the faithful church in the 16th century Reformation, it's the same word that is preached to you in this church. It's the same word that you receive at this altar. The same God who gave the same word of God that was given to you when you were baptized, it's the same word. And the word prevails in your life. It brings you from death into life. It forgives you from all your sins when you receive it. It says to your dead sinful soul, get up, and your soul arises a new creature in Christ. And having given new life, it transforms your heart. The Holy Spirit implants the word in your heart and makes you to be like Dorcas, a person of charity, of love, of good works for the sake of others. But the key is, the word of God prevails, and it's the word. The word does it all. Amen.